Hi and welcome to Be More Super the podcast. I'm Brian, your host, and I just wanted to welcome you back uh, for our return returning listeners uh thank you so much for supporting the show we've had a great year and a half two years since we started the podcast and we've had some amazing guests and these guests keep on coming and this interview will definitely definitely blow your socks off and i wanted to give a shout out to our sponsors which are propstore.com prop store are based in la and in london um, and they deal with props and costumes from your favourite movies and TV shows. So check out their website, propstore.com. They do auctions throughout the year and they've got everything from every single TV and film that you, that you can ever think of. So check them out. Also, please, if you love this interview, check out our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel is easy to find. Just put in Be More Super the Podcast in the YouTube search give us a subscribe and enjoy the video version of this interview. So sit back, relax, get your popcorn ready and enjoy this week's episode. And remember, keep safe and stay super. Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a in Action Pack Podcast, where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to Are We Alone in the Universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got a great guest. This guest has starred in Angels. Uh, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D., Council of Dads, and upcoming on the 15th of September, Vampire Academy. It's Jay August Richards. Welcome to the show, sir. What's up? How you doing? Do you know what? I'm doing great. And you know what? You being on the show, it's even better, I've got to say. Um, so before we... Thanks uh, for having me. Appreciate it. It is a pleasure. And before we start rocking and rolling around Vampire Academy, I wanted to find out a bit of bit more about you because literally i followed your career from this well nearly from the start i can remember you from angel and i've got to say sir you do not age at all what is your secret because when i first started watching angel i did well i had more hair and i wasn't gray <laughs> so what is your secret of keeping uh youthful uh i appreciate that i feel every second of it or i feel like i see it when i look in the mirror um so thank you. Um, I don't, you know, I, I can't say that I have a secret because I feel like I look my age. So, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy to look my age. I mean, there was a period there where uh, I was having trouble being cast because people in town knew how old I was and they wanted to cast me in my age group, but uh, they felt like I didn't look my age. So I spent about three years being underemployed or unemployed before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, um, you know, I, I think I I got that part because of my relationship with the producers as well as, you know, my connection to the characters. So, but I'll just receive your compliment. <laughs> Thank you. And I've got to say the last two years have been quite hectic and it's affected actors, performers uh, worldwide regarding the theater and production um, and as, as human beings. Um, I mean, how have you kept positive and moving forward over these last couple of years you know during during the pandemic 
Man, I don't know that I've kept positive. Um, I've done my best. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, there was a moment there in the heart of the pandemic where, you know, it was really rough. It was really, really rough for me. And I remember sitting, I'm in my office right now, and I remember sitting on this floor and I was like, you know what? I have so many things that are bothering me right now. I have so many big issues in my life that I need to just untether them from one another. So I sat down on this floor, I took eight sheets of blank paper and I wrote down all of the things that were bothering me, like the isolation, all of these other things. And I put them all on the floor and then I started to say, okay, which problems really are interconnected and which ones influence one another? And I created this chart of like, of, of things that were bothering me. And uh, I remember just meditating on that chart in this room right here and um, really untangling those things and realizing what were things that I could do something about, what were things that I couldn't do anything about, what were things that I was gonna have to accept, what were things that I was gonna have to change in order to get through it. and. Uh, it's funny because just a few weeks ago, I realized, wow, I've really, I have a new relationship to all of those issues that are and were going on in my life. And, um, you know, I felt like, man, that was a really good technique to write it down, to sit on the floor and write it down. So I guess that's how to answer your well, question. Well, they often, they often say that when you're worried about some something is to get it down on pen and paper, you know, mm. you'd be able to sort it out a lot better. And, and because our minds, you know work overtime and we normally make things bigger than they actually are so no that's a fantastic te te technique but let's go back in time um you know why acting why not a nine to five job uh you know what really you know got your juices going for this profession that is such a great question because just last week uh for the last two weeks i've been doing a guest star role on the show um the rookie starring Nathan Fillion. And, um, you know, I haven't done a guest star in a really, really long time. And, um, you know, a guest star is when you're you're on one episode, you're kind of the, the guest of the week or the story revolves around your character for that one week. And, um, you know, I was so, I was so um, complimented by the fact that they offered me the role. And I wanted to work with Nathan and a lot of it was gonna be with him. So I said, yes. And, um, you know, I was walking on the Paramount lot, which is where we shot Angel 20 years ago. And I recall how um, surprised I was, how much I still love this work. Mm. I really love this work of, of being an actor, of figuring out a character, of figuring out what that person wants, of figuring out how to communicate it, of watching my work and figuring out what was effective, what, what choices did I make that worked and didn't work. I mean, I am a purist when it comes to acting. You know, that's really my entire involvement in this industry. You know, I, I, I'm not one of those people who goes out a lot, goes to events, goes to premieres, who socializes and hobnobs, because I really don't care anything about that. Um, you know, there are people that I meet in everyday life that I find more interesting than people who are considered the most interesting people in the world. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's in my blood and um, I just love it so much. Mm. And then from rocking on Angel, 
uh, to becoming a vampire. Uh, how do you pick your roles? And when receiving scripts, what are the things that really get you excited about potential roles? You know, I'm sorry, I'm just turning on the air conditioner because I realized that it's kind of warm in here <laughs> and um, I didn't turn it on. There we go. Boom. Um, you know, I'm at a stage in my career, quite honestly, where, you know, I don't choose the roles. The roles don't choose me. We choose each other. Um, so they got to want me. I got to want them. I Even before I had any sort of... Um, you know, name in the business or whatever, I was very selective about what I chose, but sometimes it didn't choose me. Um, I do feel like when a role is right for me, I'm very clear on it. Like even this role that I just did on The Rookie, it is in alignment with, you know, what I want to say as an artist, what I want to say as a human being. And when people see it, they'll understand. Um, I feel like it's odd because I feel like my career from the beginning, all the way back to the Cosby show, and even before that, there's an arc, there's a narrative, and um, all the roles fit into that. So, um, you know, what it takes for me to choose a role, honestly, is if I'm being 100% transparent, and I may regret saying this because I haven't thought it all the way through, but as a black actor, as a gay actor, the roles that I choose have to have an element of leading man to it. That has to have an element of a, of a full human being with a job, a life, uh, uh, a personality outside of being black or gay. Um, they gotta want something really desperately. Um, I recall that after coming out publicly, I got a couple of opportunities to play what I would call a purse. And that is what I would call like the gay sidekick to a female lead character. I'm not doing that. I wouldn't do it as a black actor. I won't do it as a gay actor. So the character has to have an element of leading man to it. Boom. That is awesome. Yeah, because the thing is, you don't want to be that token, you know, guy on there that's just there for the, for for what he's representing you want a, a good character and you want a, a bit of depth to that and we're going to talk about council of dads because i've got to say this is such a beautiful show and i probably um you know started watching it at the wrong time because it's been de very difficult viewing for me the reason for mm. that is because my dad passed away four weeks ago uh, from oh my god i'm so sorry cancer. but oh gosh what i would say is that literally the first episode literally i was in tears the entire that episode had to be so hard for you but this show has got so much heart and it's written so well that it's actually helped me uh, with with a bit of the grieving process because nice. of the storyline and and the show itself i mean what does this show mean to you because sadly we've only had one season of it and you know i'm halfway through so i don't even know what goes mm. on at the end um well. but I mean, what does this show mean to you? Because you play an awesome character, Dr. Oliver Post, um, which I just think is a great character. It really, really is. Mm. I mean, what, 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 what does this show mean to you? 
Well, first of all, it means a lot to me that here we are still talking about it. It's been canceled and it's been, what, two years now? Two years since it's been on the air. And I love the fact that we're still talking about it. You know, we're living in a time when shows come and go. There is so much content out there. Um, everything is moving so fast and furious. Things are getting erased from streaming services. And you're wondering, am I ever going to be able to access that show again? So that show was something that was permanent to me. It was, it had the the quality to be permanent. And maybe if there weren't so much content in the world right now, it would have been given more mm-hmm. of a chance. Um, when I booked the role, you know, my father is also very ill and, um, you know, and he has been since before I got the part. And, um, you know, that's really what it meant to me was to mm-hmm. really be a tribute to figure out, you know, my relationship with him and a tribute to my relationship with him and all fathers and what it means to be a father. And and for me, you know, going back to how much I told you I'm obsessed with acting, um, I had a moment of clarity on that job where, you know, I was really like really working through like what it means to be a father, what would be a great father to me what does it mean to be a great father? And there was a scene where I didn't have anything to say. And um, I was just standing in the scene. And in that moment, I realized that I'm doing the best acting of my entire life because that is all I have to do is be here. And it means everything to the people who I am a father figure and a father too. I don't have to say anything. I just have to be present. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I understood how much I loved the character, how much, how deeply I'd gone into the experience. And um, like, to me, that's the art. No one will ever know that that's what I was playing or that it was, maybe they will, I don't know. But for me, it was a profound moment. Mm. And it's such an awesome show and people can catch it on Amazon. There's quite a few places you can stream, stream it from now. And um, it's just, do you know what gets gets me really annoyed is that when you get into a show and you can just see how much work has been put into it and then they cancel yeah. it af, af, after a season, that's got to be so frustrating for yourself and for the filmmakers and the te- and and you know the production team behind it because it's 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 such a good show. It is, but at the same time, when it was canceled, Sarah Wayne Callies and I, who plays um, Robin. Mm-hmm my best friend and the mother of the children that were on the council for, we both said, you know what? If this were a limited series, then it would be over at this mm-hmm. point and we'd move on with our lives and we'd be okay. So let's look at it as it was just the most delicious limited series that we did. And mm-hmm. now we're, now we're on to the next. And step. I'm sure they're going to be keep, keep talking about it in years to come and and talking about that show you openly came out as gay during that that show as well to your cast castmates um why then and, and not sooner i mean was it something that you really had to had to had to do at that 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 moment well there was no reason to sooner there was no, no reason to um you know i in my life i mean i came out publicly uh, mm. with Council of Dads. I came out to my cast members uh, because I felt like 
to have the richest experience possible, I would need to speak from a place of authority uh, regarding the experience of the character, you know? Mm. And I wanted to really um, infuse my own experiences with the, with the role itself. Um, so then, you know, then I made the choice to come out. Uh, that was me coming out to the writers, to the cast. And then I made the choice to come out publicly because it now became time to sell the show and to talk about the show publicly. And I was not going to put myself through that psychological pretzel of life, <laughs> trying to talk about something that was so important to me without talking about myself and why it was important, you know? So I just wasn't going to do that to myself. Um, so that's why I did it. And you must have got so, so much positive feedback as well, because sadly there are people out there that are scared, you know, to op openly come, come, come out with the fear of what pe pe people are going to think. I mean, what right. sort of fee feedback did you have? Um, you know, anything that you can share? Well, you know, they're not scared without reason. They're, there's mm. reason to be scared, you know? Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? What was the question of that? So so the kind of feedback that you had oh, the feedback. once you came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah the feedback was tremendous. Um, you know, I came up in the industry at a time where it was pretty much common practice to not talk about your own um, sexuality if you were not straight, right? And also I had my own personal journey of coming to the clarity of the fact that I was gay as well. So, you know, there was a time when it wasn't even a conversation to be had because I was figuring it out for myself. Um, but the response was, was, was uh, life-changing mm. in the sense of, when you open up and show your own vulnerability, you give everyone within your space the opportunity to do the same thing. And that was the thing that I took the most from it. Um, oddly, I had some people say to me, you know, oh, you know, I still accept you. I see you the same way. And I was like, Bitch, I wasn't asking for your permission. Like, this is not 1980, whatever. Like, we're beyond that. I'm not asking anybody for their acceptance. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really, I mean, because I'm a 48, I was, well, I was 47 at the time. I, you know, it wasn't a an asking of, of acceptance. It really wasn't that. But the support and the affirmations that I got and the, the, you know, the amount of people who said to me, you know, I had a conversation with my child about their sexuality because of you, you know, because of you, our child came out to us. Um, so, you know, that was that was awesome. And I think that the change is is down to us as parents as well, because I've got two li little girls. And for me, you know, I wouldn't care what they wanted to be or who they wanted to be as long as they're happy. And, you know, their smiles on their face, no matter what. Do you know what I mean? And, right. and, and 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 you're right in saying that that we should have to be able to have those com conversations with them. Uh, so it's really nice, nice to see. Um, yeah. I mean, do you do you feel that being openly gay in this industry does affect someone's career? I mean, are there people still in the ivory towers in their big le le leather seats that still suppress, you know, openly gay people? 
Yes, I'm sure. Hmm. I'm sure. Uh, absolutely. You know, more importantly, though, we're dealing with a century plus of an industry that has been openly hostile to people in the LGBT community. Mm. We are just now getting to a point where there are multiple LGBT characters on television and in movies, and there we have a presence that is relatively new. Um, so it's going to take more time um, and more opportunities. You know, we this movie Bros is opening, right? Starring Billy Eichner, which um, you know, I had the opportunity to audition for, but I was booked and didn't get an opportunity to, to do the self-tape. But, you know, this will be like the first major studio romantic comedy. I just don't want anybody taking their foot off the gas and getting mm -hmm. too comfortable because as a black person, I know what happens when you get too comfortable. So as a gay community, we cannot, as an LGBT community, you know, I love, we have so many wonderful things and, you know, a, a tide has definitely turned, but we can't get too comfortable. We got to keep our foot on the gas and continue to fight for representation and fight for roles and such. Mm. And, and and do you think that comes from the writing or do you think that comes from the stu stu studio, you know, to change? All of the story? above, all of the above. You know, I learned early on in my career that if I wanted to contribute as an actor, if there was uh, not more than one black person in the writer's room, I can contribute till I'm blue in the face. It's never going to land because if there's no one to receive, then they're not going to they're not going to get it. So, in order for these things, these changes to take place, we need people in the rooms of power, more than one. Mm. One is not enough of anything um to be able to see things through and 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 maintain the authenticity of the creation of the creator. Perfect. <laughs> that's awesome um so let's talk about vampire academy because yes literally i've got a lot of friends that are obsessed with the books and obsessed oh, wow. with the movie so they've been in my ear and they've been like, oh you need to ask this you need you need you need need to ask that who are you interviewing and they're like oh he's the baddie you know and all that jazz um so Look, we've that's got why i stopped reading the book that's why I stopped reading the book because people would say, oh my God, Victor's one of my favorite villains. And I'm like, villain? Wait, what? Based upon the, you know, the, the pilot script. And I was like, you know what? I got to put this book down because I have to, I need to go on this journey. Um, and I don't want to twirl my mustache or wink at the audience and something like that, knowing myself will cause me to do that. So I put the book down and uh, I was like, I'm going on this journey, and if, if I'm going to play everything honestly, and I'm going to find the reasons why I do the things that I do. And uh, I think we did that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, this comes out on the 15th of September, which is just around the corner on Peacock. If you could yes. tell the world who you play and a mm. bit about the show. So on Vampire Academy, I play Victor Dashkoff. Victor is a royal Maroi vampire, which means that I am one of... 12 heads of family. 
Um, we are on the Queen's Council and we advise her about how we want our society to unfold. The show takes place in a world that's hidden from the current one that we live in. World of vampires, they have their own government, their own society, um, their own caste system. And uh, because my children are adopted, my children are not given the same royal status that I have. And not just because they don't have the status, but because I feel that e equality is necessary to a healthy society. My character is obsessed with changing the society that we live in. Because again, it's very caste, it's a very caste system. So that's who I play, Victor, he's a, he's a political animal. He's probably the most regal and uh, classy, elegant, beautiful character that I've ever played. And uh, I can't wait for everybody to see it. And what attracted you to the role? I mean, what really, you know, blew out the page? Honestly, you know, I, I always wanted to return to the vampire genre, but as a vampire, so that was number one. Um, number two, you know, it was, a, it was an opportunity to go on a journey, honestly. Honestly, when I said yes, there wasn't a completed script. There was only the book. I knew we were shooting in Spain. From the audition material that I got, I had a sense that I was playing somebody who, like me, is obsessed with equality in society. Um, so knowing that I connected in that way and I would be playing a vampire, I was like, what's not to love? <laughs> and living in Spain, what's not to love? <laughs> will, we see, will we see fangs? I cannot answer that. I don't want to ruin anything. I want people to be able to enjoy the show and not know if, if, somebody, if somebody needed to get bit by me, you know, or by anybody. Ooh. You've seen fangs in the trailer. So there will be yes. fangs for sure. But if you mean on me, I got to keep that secret. Oh, we've got to watch it. We've got to watch it. So how was filming? Because did you film under quite a lot of restrictions? Because when did you actually film the actual show? Yeah, we, we filmed under... Oh, you mean uh, as far as COVID is concerned? Mm, yeah. Restrictions? Yes, absolutely. We had intense COVID restrictions. Um, Yeah, it was... Uh, Let's see, what month is this? So exactly a year ago is when we started. A year from now, it's just uh, August, September. So, um, yeah, we had a lot of, you know, we had to work around COVID, obviously. We were shooting in Europe, which meant not a lot of back and forth. So I was kind of uh, there for, the, for a lot of it, for the seven months, which it ended up taking. Um, so yeah, and we, you know, the costumes and the look of the show are very unique. So we weren't allowed to post about it at all. So yeah, this that was on to my next question because literally from the trailer and the pictures we've seen, it's very pleasing to the eyeballs. It really is. There's a lot of work that's gone into it. Uh, and you look very dapper, by the way, in that Thank picture. You. Uh, did you get a chance to keep anything? from the show not a thing no unfortunately it had to stay for hopefully season two um mm. but there were many things that i wanted let me see i mean i always steal one thing from every show <laughs> that i work on let me see if i have what i stole from let me see if i have it here where is it oh it's not here okay i'm uh, sorry i had one one thing that i stole uh close by it's in the other room but yeah i always take one thing from everything and no i didn't take anything from vampire academy unfortunately <laughs> well that that is a very good sign because normally when i ask that question normally it means a season two 
so that's very very right. good so fingers crossed and we've seen you on screen in many roles but what will the fans see from you in this role, uh, role that they've never seen before well you know honestly um i feel like i'm doing the best work of my life right now um and you know, this is definitely the first sort of elder statesman I've ever played. This is the first time that I've been required to lay on the gravitas, as they would say. And so that I knew was going to be a challenge because um, I've never really had to lay it on in this way before. Um, you know, and I'm playing a character that, you know, he speaks a certain way. He walks a certain way. I had so much fun with the character because it was very much like playing a character from Game of Thrones, but in a contemporary setting. So I got to have a lot of fun. Like I got to play this, you know, very like royal regal character, but I also got to do things that are contemporary of this world. So, I mean, I know for a fact there's never ever been a character like this on television and I had just a ball creating him. And I'm sure the fans are going to absolutely love it. And talking about the fan base, you know, like like with all the fans of the books, I'm sure that they're going to watch it and say a few things because what they don't realise is that the books don't always interpret what's going on to the screen. So, so how closely is the show compared to the books or is it slightly different? When I was in uh, film school, when I went to USC and... Uh, in film school, uh, I took a class. I didn't go to film school. It was in the film school. And the teacher said, a book is not a movie and a movie is not a book. So that being said, there are different mediums. And as a result of the, the um, tenants and requirements and um, constraints of the medium, one is not the other and the other is not, you know, so they, different things are required for a TV show versus a book. So listen, I've been there. I've gone to see that movie that was my favorite book or whatever, and sometimes I loved it, and sometimes I felt like, oh, they missed this, they missed that, I wish this character was like this and that character was like that. It's unavoidable, um, you know? And, you know, sometimes you watch things, you know, um, I hope that the audience will give it a fair shake is all I'm trying to say. And like I always say, is that when someone reads a book, that movie is in their mind. They're in, you know, making that movie themselves. So whoever's exactly. taken this book and transferred it to screen, it's going to be different. But at least the flag is flying and we're seeing another interpretation of it, you know, compared, right. compared to the film. Um, so you're, exactly. no strange, you're no stranger to fandom when it comes down to blockbuster shows like Angel and uh, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. So with the Vampire Academy uh, fan base, have you been approached by any of the fans yet on social media trying to get any information or any in in interactions? Absolutely. And they've been great. They've really embraced us and, um, you know, argue for us to, you know, have a fair shake at this material. They've been really great. A lot of fan art already. You know, I love working in this um, realm. Jay-Z said that your gift is not for the purpose of 
um, fame or money. Your gift is for you to uh, experience the world. And because of Angel, I've gotten to see the world. I've gotten to travel all over the world in a very unique way that most people don't have the opportunity to. I get to go somewhere and be introduced to thousands of locals instantaneously. Who else gets that experience? So I love working in this medium because I hope that this show gives us all and my castmates who are just starting out in their careers the opportunity to travel all over the world, meet fans, meet interesting people. I mean, I have friends and people that I communicate with online to this day who I met a decade ago or two decades ago at a convention. I mean, it's a beautiful genre to work in. And without your NDA exploding, what can we look forward to? from the show, if you could sum it up. Mm, a wild ride, a unique world that you've never been invited into. Um, and some wonderful characters, wonderful storytelling and wonderful performances. And, and dope uh, costumes. Oh, it just looks amazing. The sets and just the cost costumes are just fan absolutely fantastic. Um, so a few questions left, and these are very deep yes. quest 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 questions. So um, okay. let's let's fast forward 30 years. What would you like people uh, to say about you as an actor? That he was very versatile. That I would just, I would just love it if people could say, you know, um, wow, there was really not much he couldn't do. He really, he really... Uh, in, he, he really invested in each world that he was invited into and felt as comfortable as the furniture. I would love that to be my legacy. And if you could travel back in time, knowing what you know today, what would you say to yourself when you were starting out? Uh, it ain't that serious. <laughs> Is that it for any that particular serious. reason? I take the work very seriously. I don't take the industry seriously at all. <laughs> and um, what's next for you? What I mean, obviously, you're on The Rookie. Is it a case of putting your feet up and enjoying Vampire Academy's release? Um, yes, absolutely. I don't rush into working again. Like, I, you know, if I'm, I worked for seven months on this show, um, I'm not in a hurry to work again. Um, boom. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know what it is, but I just, there's been such a shift. And people always talk about the 40s, the 50s, but I feel like now is only now when I'm really experiencing what I was promised about the 40s. And um, I just, I mean, they always said, you know, you just get this, you know, um, I don't care attitude. And it's, I don't care is the wrong word. Laissez-faire is not the wrong word. I mean, it's not the right word. Um, but there's a, just a comfort and an ease. So I used to feel like my value depended on, oh, my God, can I get in another job? You know, people and people in this town do that to you. And they make you feel like if you don't work right away, you're not relevant. And -da 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 -da. Nope, I'm not in a hurry to go back to anybody's set. It'll have to be the right thing. And there we go. That's awesome. And any plans on going to meet the fans at conventions? Not immediately. No. You know, I don't know. I, I need to reinvestigate what's going on with the con world. I don't know what COVID has done to it or not done to it. I know that there have been virtual cons, but mm -hmm. I don't know about the cons like 
the classic cons like I used to go to. I don't know if they are still happening, mm. who the players are anymore, none of those things. So hopefully I'll find out soon. Yeah, I mean, the conventions are going strong in the UK okay. uh, because oh, nice. COVID is un, un, under control. Uh, nice. And everyone's enjoying it, which is great. So we'd love to see Ooh, you yay. over in the UK. Uh, because okay. have you been to the UK before? I presume you have. Many times. Awesome. Many times. In fact, I think uh, my very first convention was in the UK, and I only went because I always wanted to go to, to London. So I believe that that was the very first con I ever did. It was either there or Sydney, Australia. One of those two. But at that time, agents and managers told actors not to go to cons. Because they said it was bad for your career. You would look like you were broke and you needed the money. And I was like, I want to travel. And so I said yes. And, you know, my managers and agents at the time, I shouldn't even say this out loud, but they didn't even take a commission because they so, like, looked down their nose at that world. Now every agency has a, a department mm. um, dedicated to conventions. You know, yeah. so that's the yeah. difference from when I first started. I mean, they didn't even take a commission on it. Um, and then the hard part about conventions now is that, you know, I when I go to when I used to go to conventions, like we'd be some of the biggest names there. Right. And now you got the actual advent Avengers from the movies at these conventions. Mm. So it's a it's a different climate. Mm. To be honest, though, I would rather meet you over Robert Downey Jr. Oh, any day. Um, so I'd love you to come over to the UK at some some point. But Jay August Richards, you've been an absolute honour to have on the show. Look forward Thank to you. Vampire Academy on the 15th of September on Peacock. Yes. Uh, but look after yourself, keep safe, and stay super, sir. True pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. You've been great. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. My world.